0: Hello, 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 and welcome to episode 44 in four months, pretty awesome, of Break the Cycle with me, your host, Joshua Smith. I hope everyone is having a wonderful Monday and you had a great Father's Day. I know I did with, surrounded by seven children, Uh, it's, it's always Father's Day in our home. But anyways, uh, I hope everyone's having a good day. Start off with some sponsors. Of course, we have Laurenzotti.coffee for all your delicious Italian coffee needs delivered directly to your door. Bring the taste of Italy home. Use BTC at checkout for a 10% discount. And Anthemplanning.com for all your emergency and crisis planning needs. Executive producers of the show, please go check these people out. See what they can do for your business or your home or your personal life. And I'm saying Top Lops the to last this time because I want to give a huge shout out. We've kind, we're kind of building a team here here uh, at, at Break the Cycle, and he is one part of that team, and it's it's going really good. But I also want to give a huge shout-out to my beautiful uh, fiance Julia, who, without her, we would have no Instagram or uh, or Facebook, because they have banned me for life. But anyways, check out TopLobster.com for all your wonderful graphic design needs. Of course, this Disobey Your Local Tyrant, with Emmy Award-winning uh, Andrew Cuomo on it, who uh, Mr. Seenicide himself... Uh, check it out. Use BTC at checkout for a 10% discount. Guys, I just want to tell you, uh, I, I am really, really in awe of what you guys have been able to do for me with this show over the last four months. We're currently at a projection of growing like 25% every week as far as subscribers go and Patreon and everything. So, Uh, You guys are are just killing it, and I I can't tell you how much you've changed the lives of my family, and I really appreciate you guys. But anyways, we have an awesome show for you today. I am super stoked. I met this man for the first time in Tampa, Florida, doing stand-up at the Libertarian Party of Florida convention because they always throw the best parties in Florida. He is the host of the Lou Perez podcast, formerly of We Are the Internet. He is Mr. Lou Perez. How are we doing today, sir?
1: Well, f- thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And, you know, congrats on, on your, on the uh, growth of the show and the success of it, man. It's so, I'm so happy to, to hear that. Like, like you said, you know, we met a, a few years ago and we've been, you know, we've been in touch. So it's very cool when, uh, it's very cool when good people are doing well, especially trying new things, man. You know, it's like, I don't know if you had this experience, but it's like, you don't know just how much people care about you and how much people really, um, enjoy what you're doing and really vibe with you until you just put yourself out there and see what happens
0: sure so congrats man thanks man i appreciate it. yeah it's 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 definitely been uh it's been a wild ride for me you know i started this podcast uh over a year ago but i was just gonna do i was just gonna do audio and i did like three episodes and then life happened and i was like never mm. got around to doing anymore you know and then i think i put out one more like eight months later and all my patrons because i had a couple patrons at the time they're like hey man uh what are you, <laughs> you know, what are you doing I'm like i'm really sorry i swear i'm gonna get back to it and then uh julia one day was just like hey you gonna start your show or what and i started amassing equipment and putting it together but uh you were on a pretty successful show uh we the internet what what happened there man
1: um um, i describe it as 2020 the year 2020 happened and when the year 2020 happened a lot of things happened a lot of changes uh happened yeah i um I stopped working, uh, with them, um, uh, because I was told to stop working with them, uh, by them in, uh, <laughs> in October of 2020. Um, so since then I've been, uh, you know, doing independent stuff, producing my own podcast, my own sketch comedy and all that. And it's been a while. Like, I think there are still people who reach out to who reach out and didn't know that I was no longer there. So, you know, I thought by now they would you know, let everybody know, hey, you know what? Lou isn't, isn't here anymore. Uh, go find him and go enjoy his work. But um, but you know, hopefully uh if any any fans of yours out there, if they're looking to uh check out my sketch comedy, they can, you know, see me on YouTube at my channel, the Lou Perez channel.
0: Sure, sure. Yeah, I actually watched I watch I've been watching some of your sketch comedy recently and I was checking out your podcast. I'm like, oh shit, he's got some great sketch comedy on here. It's hilarious. Like you guys really need to watch it. It's 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 fucking funny. Uh but you're also a standup comedian. Yeah. And and that was yes. the first time I saw you. You were doing stand-up comedy in this beautiful red suit, man.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I that red suit was uh, I think 120 bucks off of Amazon, man. And you know there there's uh, <laughs> there there's the label you yeah, have Bonobos. I think this was actually Binobos, so it was like a a Bonobos knockoff. Uh, so yeah, it's it's red and flashy. And it was I think it was perfect for for Tampa. You know, it was like um, it it was it was almost like, you know, I was selling used cars, uh, you know, uh, while I was there. That was a that was a really that was a really fun show down there. Oh, yeah.
0: Florida puts on a hell of a party. I've been to this was the first year I didn't go to the Florida State Convention in four years, if you can believe that. Um, but they, I mean, every time, every time they have, a, an awesome party. In fact, that same, uh, convention, when I met you, I was the host of a panel there that included, uh, Tom Woods, Walter Block and Jeff Deist. So it's like, all right, well, I'm a little out of my league here, but okay, we'll have fun. You know, uh, I was like, so right. what, what can I say that you guys have never heard before? I don't know. You
1: know, uh, it was, it's pretty wild. Uh, but- well, with it, with the growth of oh, I was just going to ask, like, with the growth of you know, Florida and Texas have been have become like sort of the two go-to states mm-hmm. now. Like, people exiting every single state at the people going there are they have you have they been seeing like increases in like numbers of libertarians or is it more? conservatives republicans or you know i think
0: the people going to florida are like big time ron desantis fans you know what i mean i I really do i I really do and and you know i don't i don't get into this this bullshit argument about like whether or not desantis is a libertarian i don't think he's a libertarian on most issues but he has been really good on the you know the economic terrorism that's taken place over the last year that's for damn sure um you're you're Mm. you're you know you're no stranger to the economic terrorism as you've just moved out of New York uh <laughs> where probably the yeah. pro- one of the worst states uh, through all this shit man and you're a standup comedian so i mean you really it had to have been very detrimental to you over the last 18 months
1: oh yeah it's uh you know beyond that beyond you know being able to get up and and do shows and and that sort of thing it was just i i, I was a new yorker born and raised you know and to so look around at my city and just see it, you know, decaying, and all of these amazing restaurants, all of our favorite restaurants, shut down, and you know, these are livelihoods, you know, that that are that are lost. And it was also a thing where my my wife and I we had our first uh, our first son in March of 2020. So you know, just imagine, you know, there's a pandemic, there's an insane lockdown you're, and we're stuck inside a one bedroom apartment with an infant. Um, and you know, you, you start questioning, you start looking around, you're like, no, really, what are we paying for to be here? What what is, you know, what is going on? And when you lose so much of the city that you loved, we made a decision, you know, pretty early, you know, pretty early, early on, where it was like, we got to get out of here. You know, we need a, we need a place. So right now, um, if anybody is looking at the, uh, the video, I'm in my bunker, um, my, my unrenovated, uh, basement that will one day, uh, be a playroom. Um, and, <laughs> and it's something like, you know, it, it, I, it, it's so funny how quickly, you know, I went from being this lover of New York to just, nah, there's no future for me there. I got to get out of here. Um, I gotta, you know I gotta look, I gotta look ahead. And I, And um, my my wife and I, fortunately, we're really, really fortunate to be where we are in in New Jersey. And um, we're, uh, you know, very happy, uh, very happy with the transition that we made. Sure, sure. sure. No,
0: I definitely, I I totally understand what you mean. Being a guy who left California five minutes before they instituted the 24-hour lockdown, I flew out of San Francisco literally at 11.55. The lockdown started at midnight. I flew to Iowa, somewhere I'd never, you know, I'd been once for a weekend, uh, and and didn't know anything about, but I knew I had a wonderful woman here who you know I wanted to see every day, and so uh, I took that chance, and and I I literally went through the worst winter I've ever had to deal with in my entire life. But California is not the same state I grew up in anymore. It's just not. It's uh, it's economically just destroyed because of Gavin Newsom and these lockdowns, and you know every business, every restaurant, everyone's going out of business left and right. Uh, you know the restaurants that are open are only allowed to operate at twenty five percent. It's like how how do you expect your economy? You know, and in California is the fifth largest economy in the in the in the world. It's a big you know it's a big economy. Right. How do you expect to maintain that if you keep locking down? You know.
1: Yeah, and you know, it, there's something that goes, you know, that goes beyond you know, you know the economic heart, heart uh, heartache and, and all that stuff. And I, and I think you know you nailed it where you said you know, you were going to Iowa to be with somebody who you care about. And I really think, you know, the past, you know, 18 months or so has been a really big test, not only on, on individuals, but also on the strength of relationships. Um, you know, there were, you know, I, I, you know, countless couples who, you know, were able to go about their lives, you know, normally, and, and now suddenly we're sort of thrust, uh, thrust together ironically, it's like, but you're a couple, but you're not used to being together. Uh-oh, now you're together. How do you really work on shit? You know, is this going to strengthen your bond or is it going to weaken it? Um, so I think, I think it was, this was a really big test for, for a lot of people with, the uh, especially with, with relationships. And I think something, uh, something, you know, as, as libertarians, you know, we can often get kind of stuck in talking about, um, economics, foreign policy. Obviously those are really big things, but, but you know for me it it really comes down to this uh uh you know this human interaction that we have especially with those that that we choose to be with that we choose to you know we voluntarily share our lives with um and i think i uh, that that's something that i i would like to see hear more libertarians talking about just how you know uh without getting corny you know sure. like the the message of liber the message of liberty could really you know foster strong relationships between between people at least that's how that's how i see it you know i think that was a big part of me being able to get to get through this you know
0: yeah it was uh it was interesting because we were a new couple when i when i moved here you know and we were kind of we were thrust together i mean immediately and and all the time constantly and uh in fact the first three weeks we were here we were staying in a basement together just me and her and you know and then and then uh three or four months into our relationship, we actually split up for three weeks and it was, like we were living on top of each other in a small two bedroom apartment, you know, with two, mm-hmm. two, two kids. And, uh, and that three weeks is where we were kind of like, Hey, you know, that was actually pretty nice, uh, being together all the time. Maybe we should try that out again. And we did. And now we, you know, have this family of nine and are happy and, you know, we still have our struggles, but I've also been very fortunate to be able to work through this whole thing, which has been you right. know, pretty, pretty helpful. You know, I, I work 12 hour shifts. I'm sure she enjoys those 12 hours that I'm gone. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe. I don't know. So, so tell me about the show, man, the Lou Perez show. What are are we doing here?
1: Yeah. So I think it's one, it's one of those things where, you know, you only started your podcast, you know, four months ago. And I'm sure, you know, part of you is like, oh man, why didn't I start this five years ago? Why didn't I start this 10 years ago? And it's a it's a similar thing with me my, my wife had been telling me for years you should start a podcast you should start a podcast and um, I got really um, I sometimes I'm my own I'm, I'm my own stumbling block uh, because uh, for anybody who's who, who's seen my, my sketch comedy it's like it's uh, it's polished you know I, I write a script and then I rewrite it and rewrite it and rewrite and then we shoot it and then we edit it and then we put music and all that, you know, so everything is very clean. Uh, you know, we mask any flubs, you know, when I'm, when I'm not, you know, when I forget my lines, you never see that. Uh, but meanwhile, you know, if you do a podcast, uh, you know, there's the, un- unless you, unless you want to go through the work of really editing, you know, an hour and a half conversation, all that, um, you know, you're going to be risking a lot. You're going to be risking sounding like an idiot. You're going to be risking, uh, not being polished. Um, so that was, some, that was something that I needed to get over. And it was one of those things where when I sort of, you know, sort of bit the bowl and was like, all right, you know, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this podcast. And I started thinking of, you know, who, who do I want to invite on? And I just noticed that over the years, I had just become friends or, uh, friendly with people that I'm huge fans of. And it's like, wow, now I have an excuse to get them to talk to me for an hour, uh, an hour and a half, which is, you know, which is really, uh, really good. So that's been, uh, so that's been a lot of fun, you know, learning, you know, how to do the show better and also how to sustain a conversation. Um, because there were there was a time where it was like, all I was doing, you know, sort of the similar to you, it's like working 12 hour days or more, not really communicating with people outside of uh, social media, which can often not be real communication. And now it 's like, oh, now I need to to learn to talk you know it's almost like learning to like uh, learning to date again you know like, like these are all kind of first dates. like how do I do this um, when i 'm having these uh these conversations so um uh, it, it's been fun i'm actually um Uh, I think I just celebrated my 38th episode Uh, and uh, we're going to be, I'm going on hiatus for a couple of months because I'm working on a book. So I need to like focus on my, on my book.
0: Yeah. I was going to, I was going to ask you about but first I want to say, uh, I have a similar story. I mean, uh, I, I traveled around the country for four years. I went to 40 States over the last four years and I got to meet great people like you and Dave Smith and Tom Woods and all these great people and Scott Horton. And that's, Really was the same thing for me. It was like, well, I got all these contacts now, man. How could, none of them are talking to me in Twitter. I might as well hit them up see if they want to have a show with me. But uh, why don't you why don't you tell me about
1: the book, man? How, how's that going? What's 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 that going to be? Yeah, yeah, jo- Josh. Could you hold on one sec? I've no, I'm hearing a weird. Uh oh, this is on my end. Uh-oh. What is going on here? Sorry,
0: that's okay. We're live though, Lou.
1: I know. <laughs> shit, I'm so sorry.
0: See, there's nothing polished about me, buddy.
1: I'm sorry. What what the hell is going on? I sound like a madman because I have like three voices right now in my head. Oh, are
0: you echoing? Really? So,
1: yeah. Let, let me try to. Uh, let me see what I could do. What the hell is going on? Okay. There we go. I had I had a video running in the background for for some reason. Oh, I'm good. so sorry. Oh, that's okay, that. buddy. That was incredible. It was almost like, dude, I got another fucking video going on. What the hell? Sorry.
0: Hey, hey, <laughs> okay, I just. hope that never happens. For the record, I want everyone to realize that I didn't boomer the audio this time, because my fans yeah. are
1: used to that. No. <laughs> oh man, Josh, Joshua, Joshua is in the clear. He didn't do anything. This is so funny because right now, you know, like I, I said, I'm I'm broadcasting from my basement, so I look like I. This is the way a man with many voices in his head lives. <laughs> and so, yeah, the, I, I had some videos playing on YouTube or, or synced up, and they just started playing. My apologies. Yeah, one time, uh, I started the, uh,
0: one time I started the stream, and I had the YouTube going. And there's a delay, right? I had the YouTube in the okay. background, and I had the show up that I, was, that I was starting the stream on. So as my intro's going, all of a sudden it starts echoing, and I'm freaking out trying to figure out what's going on. It was just because I had the YouTube open, you know? But uh, Ugh, Top dude. Lobster dropped a super chat in in the chat and said, uh, first time audio issues not coming from Josh. <laughs> <laughs> They're very used to it. My first, probably my first, I don't know, six shows I had some kind of audio issue because I do it live. It's a live show. It's not, you know, and so I had right. like, some kind of audio issue. And then every, you know, every five or six episodes since there's some kind of audio issue. But it was your fault this time. So I'm blaming you. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and, and and shout out to Top Lobster. The uh, uh, the picture he drew of me was was awesome. That's was
0: that's so I, that's how we entice people to come on the show. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, look, look, I might not be a good show. You might not even know who I am, but you will get an awesome hand-drawn portrait of yourself. You know?
1: He made me look kind of jacked, man. I'm like, shit, I gotta I gotta do some push-ups in order to look like <laughs> the cartoon version of myself. That was dope. So so tell us about the book, Lou. What's going on with the book, man? Yeah, so at the, uh, at the end of 2020, uh, I had a piece that ran in the Wall Street Journal called How I Became a, quote, Far-Right Radical. And, um, you know, it, it, it wasn't a story of my personal jihad or anything like that. Uh, it was It was based on... There was an academic paper that came out that was basically trying to study, quote-unquote, right-wing echo chambers on YouTube. And this paper had labeled, uh, a bunch of channels far right. And one of those channels that was labeled far right was we, the internet TV, which was my old, my old alma mater. And, uh, and I was like, that's weird. Uh, and they also, uh, ended up, uh, labeling, I believe it was Joe Rogan, Sam Harris, Brett Weinstein, a bunch of people that are pretty, f- pretty Far from far right. Yeah, right. Uh, they were labeling them as far right. And uh, I, had a, I had a number of friends that, that sent it to me. And at first I kind of laughed it off. I'm like, oh, this is just, you know, more academic stupidity. I can't believe that people actually got paid to do this study. Um, but then I started thinking about it more and more. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. I just got fired, man. I'm going to be looking for a new job. And for the past five years, I've been making stuff for, for we, the internet. Now people are going to be like, Oh, that's the, we, the internet guy. He's a far right maniac. Uh, so I decided to, you know, write a piece, uh, you know, responding to that and talk about how, you know, we, we, we live in, in days where, you know, all you need is somebody to just, you know, uh, mislabel you or, you know, either out of a a mistake or out of sheer malice because they want to hurt you and it can completely derail your future, your future prospects. Uh, so, um, it was my opportunity to, you know, to push back, uh, on that. And, um, from that, uh, came the, uh, my, my first book deal. So I I signed with Bombardier books, post Hill press, and I'm going to be writing a book about what it's been like, you know, doing comedy uh, for the past, you know, five years and especially uh, in light of um, the religion, the cult of woke sure. and uh, how much uh, uh, how much fun I've been having uh, sort of living in this world and making comedy. So for I'm very much I'm very much, um, much white pilled when it comes to the future of comedy um, and uh, the future in general. Uh so that that's a lot of what the book is going to be about for sure. Nice. I can't wait to read it. I, I yeah, I,
0: I you know, I I talk to a lot of comedians. I'm not a stand-up comedian at all. I tell people that I that COVID killed my stand-up uh, stand-up career, but I never actually had a stand-up <laughs> career. It's, it's just a joke. I'm not really that funny, but uh you know, it's it's so weird and because it feels like the the wokies and the and the left and in these cancel culture people, they're going hard after comedians. I mean, that's who they it's like they want to kill the comedy first. And I think that's because a lot of the times, and I think you know, people like Dave Chappelle and and others along those lines, uh, Bill Burr, these people are telling the truth. I mean, they really are telling the truth. And 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 I think that, uh, you know, to the left, the truth is very very dangerous sometimes. And uh, how how do you feel about that, man? Do you think that that's that's where that comes from?
1: Well, well, there the, at at some point, I started hearing a lot about this idea of, you know, comedy is supposed to speak truth to power. You know, if you're you're not doing comedy, right. Unless you're speaking truth to power. And it made me think, you know, when did it become about speaking truth to power as opposed to, like you said, just speaking the truth. Um, and I think it's, I sort of have this idea that when you add that power component to it, you suddenly tell people, okay, there are certain topics that you can't, you can't touch because, you know, um, it's gonna be very uh, it's gonna be very bad for you if you quote unquote punch down or call out the bullshit of protected people or protected classes um, and and that sort of thing um, because you know ultimately ultimately, you know you don't have to tell the truth to be funny, you know there uh, you could be a liar and still make people laugh for sure. but there is something about um, finding uh, you know finding that. That that interesting that interesting thing that interesting truth, and having it resonate with people, especially uh, through through laughter, and you know the people that are saying you know there are topics that you can't touch or you can't explore, um, you know my you know my uh, not my spidey sense I don't I don't know I, I don't know many uh, <laughs> many superheroes whoever has the sen- the bullshit sense. Uh, the uh, the bullshit sense of the uh of, of the superhero. My, my mom pops up. Is that my mom? Yeah, I think it's yeah. my mom. Yeah, jo- Joshua's mom's uh superhero sense of calling out bullshit uh uh pops up.
0: So yeah, no, totally, to- I, I, Yeah, I definitely get that. It's just it's just so funny to me that the comedians will go first, and it, it's I, I made a post on Twitter about this. You know, we're my generation at least. You know, and and the generation before me, we're the people that grew up with uh, Richard Pryor. You know, it's like, it's like, why are you so offended at comedy? We grew up with South Park and Richard Pryor and all these great comedians that, you know, said whatever the fuck they felt like saying, and there was no problems. Everyone understood that comedy was a way to deal with dark topics. I mean, that's literally, Mm -hmm. you know, that's why we laugh. We laugh to feel better about ourselves and feel better about situations. And comedy is something that really like points you in that direction. It's just, it just blows my mind that that's the thing they go after.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, I think it's uh, it it's it's uh, it, it's something where um, you know, comedy is supposed to be sort of outside of all this stuff, you know, like you're in a way meaning like, you know, comedy comedians are have been given you know sort of this uh, um, this skill set and also uh, this license to take on stuff that you normally wouldn't you know, you wouldn't talk about around the cooler at work because it could be inappropriate, right? And there's, I think there, there's something to that where where you have people who they have, you know, kind of a, uh, this tyrannical streak in them where they want to control life in every single aspect for other people, right? Even the stuff that people can can laugh about, you know? So you have people who, you know the idea that you know the personal is political right well for me the personal isn't political i like to separate my stuff you know i the the stuff that i do on stage is different than me uh, taking my son to the playground like we don't i don't mix i don't mix this stuff um but there are those out there who want everything to be political right and if everything is political well then you know, even comedy has to be political. And then that, you know, comedy then has to be used as a, as a weapon to, you know, uh, shut people up or to push, you know, certain, uh, certain, uh, agendas. And it's, uh, you know, it, it's, it can suck, but I mean, you just look around, there's just a ton of really great, Comedians out there, you know pushing back and doing and doing great stuff in this environment it's opened the doors I think to so much material that has been i don't know like you said uh you know you said the word dangerous you yeah. know yeah it could it could kind of feel feel dangerous you know the idea that you know you can get kicked off of a platform for a joke, like hey, that is kind of dangerous you know um Maybe that's the you know the closest some of us will get to uh, to being dangerous you know in our in our whole lives
0: sure sure yeah absolutely i i know some about getting kicked off platforms i actually got if, <laughs> if you if you can believe it or not i've been kicked off of facebook and instagram for uh guess what i said i said uh you know i wonder if there's any truth to the fact that this wuhan lab uh, may have accidentally released this this virus uh and so in october i got re- i got removed uh from from facebook for that and now it's kind of the accepted narrative
1: <laughs> isn't that yeah isn't that nuts man i like, okay. It's it's uh, I don't know if there's like a more, you know, just perfect example of, you know, the attempts to, you know, quote unquote, get rid of, you know, misinformation or disinformation, just coming around and showing just how how inept and how, uh, you know, how awful that whole uh, the censorship can be. It's really it's really messed up. Just think about all the time, too, that that could have been spent, you know, actually investigating and exploring what the hell, you know, what the hell happened. But, you know, you shut it down right at, right at the beginning. And, and also think about it like, you know, that that's one that's one, you know, post or one tweet that you put out, then your whole body of work up into that point is gone forever because of that because of that one thing. Yeah. Eleven it's, years. Uh,
0: Eleven years
1: on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I was looking back and I'm like, damn, I think I'm, I'm, I think I might be close to 15 years. Yeah. on this or you know maybe, maybe even more and yeah it's it's like uh you know it's kind of sad to say but it's like wow i've really i grew up on facebook yes. i became you know it was like myspace college. to facebook man you know yeah i graduated uh, college i became a father on facebook <laughs> yeah no shit no,
0: i well i it's it's funny for, it's it's really a sad thing for me because i had like you know, pictures of my my other son who doesn't live with us um, that I'll I'll never see again. As the pictures. I'll never see those pictures again because I had uploaded them to Facebook from a phone that I no longer have. And they're, they were. I was like, well, I always have my Facebook. And then uh, my my last pictures with my grandfather before he passed away uh, are on Facebook. I'll never see those pictures again. You know, and it's like I, I peeled and I peeled and I peeled. And I was like, yo, dude, just tell me what, what fucking tweet it was that I did it wrong and I'll take it down. Like, You know what I mean? I fucking I'm 11 right. years of my life on here. I mean, got family pictures and shit and uh, nothing ever worked, man. It, it sucked. But MySpace never would have thrown us off. Blue. Hi kids, do you like
1: violence? Yeah.
0: down at tsidpod.com or wherever you
1: get podcasts, that's tsidpod.com because the system is down and truth is taking over. No, 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 no. MySpace w- would love for us to come back. Actually, MySpace <laughs> my sp- my right now is standing outside my house with a boombox just saying, please take, me, please take me back, playing Peter Gabriel. You know, if right they were now.
0: smart, they'd, if they were smart, they'd go this uh, we won't cancel you route. And they'd bring a lot of people back. I bet you know. We'd start. We'd all fucking learn how to do JavaScript again and start making shit move on our pages. And <laughs> yeah, the good old well, days. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. And I, I'm I'm just thinking like, uh, you know, it's so easy. For, at least for me, it was just so easy. The whole experience of like, oh, I don't like this person. I'm gonna unfollow them or I'm gonna block them. Thank you. That's it. Uh, It's it's so simple that it's obviously their intent, is is not uh, for the best user experience, right? As anybody who's you know still on the platform, like every uh, you know the changes that they seem to be making, like every other week with you know either either the design or the interface and all that, it's like it's it's like Facebook and Twitter and and YouTube. It's like, do you guys want anybody on here? Like, what do you? What are you after? You know, what's, go, you know, what, what, what's going on? Only
0: the approved narrative, Lou. Right. Only the approved narrative. And, and you know, I don't know how, how deep you've gotten into the term the cathedral. I talk about it a lot. Um, and, mm. you know, when it was coined, it was coined about uh, uh, the corporate m- news media, as Michael Malice would call it, uh, the, the government, obviously, and academia. But I like to add big tech into that. You know, I think that big tech mm-hmm. is a part of that, that holy union of people who get to tell you what the narrative is, you know, and um, I was who was I, I was listening to um, who was it? Oh, Ron Coleman, uh, the Ron Coleman po- podcast. He's a uh, a lawyer working on a big case uh, for for First Amendment stuff, and he's actually coming on the show in July. Really awesome uh, uh, Jewish guys. It's going to be awesome to have on. But uh, he was talking to Jack. Pobasek or whatever isn't I always forget his name. He's the guy who made the Antifa movie. Um, and he was talking about how in DC essentially all these agencies, they get all of their they they're all of what they're doing comes right from the the, the post and, and the times. And you know what I mean? It's like they whatever the media is putting out is what these people are saying which is scary mm. to think about. I mean, it's really fucking terrifying to think about the fact that the media is controlling some of the government's narratives, you know? Uh, but that's what it mm. is. It's the cathedral. It's the, it's the Holy Union. And, and I believe 100% that, you know, big tech, uh, especially the social media big tech platforms, have completely become a part of this, this Holy Union. And they're, you know, if you're not an approved narrative, you can't have a, a voice in the town square. And really, these, these platforms have become the town square for us.
1: Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure. I mean, my my, you know, my my career has been, you know, has been made on, you know, on these platforms for sure, especially starting out in the early days of YouTube and and posting stuff. And uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it is what it is. And, uh, you know, it sort of sucks at this point. Um, Yeah, I guess the, the cathedral was made. In a Wuhan lab. Yeah, you know, I'm sure where we're gonna... yeah, that's where
0: we're going. And now and now we're booted off of YouTube as well. So uh, you know, <laughs> it's, been, it's been a good run. It's been a good four month run. But uh I no, I'm surprised they keep monetizing my videos, Flu. I don't know, I don't know what I'm doing right. But uh, I've only I've only got I think I got one of forty four that is not monetized and I was like I went back through it and I was like, Yeah, I'm not gonna file appeal on that one. That's all right. <laughs> yeah. It's actually my show with Shane Hazel, who's running for governor of of uh of Georgia. And uh, he he's pretty he's pretty hardcore, man. He's definitely he's like, all right, fuck you, government. You know, like he's one of them guys. So, yeah.
1: Um, But yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever met Shane in person, but um, I I believe we're we're Facebook friends. He looks like a a pretty badass dude. Yeah. He's like he did some gnarly shit in in the war. So, (laughs) yeah, he looks like the type of dude who just like like he'll wear a suit, but he'll he'll like wear a suit to the gym and just be doing shrugs and just fucking going (laughs)
0: He's yeah, a big guy get, too, get man. After. Yeah, yeah, he's a big guy. For the first time I met Shane, I, I had talked to Shane a bunch online because he's Mises Caucus guy, you know, and and uh I showed up to the Georgia State Convention and, and, and convention, he'd been trying to get me on his his podcast Radical for a while. And uh, I walk in the door and he basically this big old hand comes out, Hey, we got a setup over here in the corner. Come on. I'm like, Oh, oh hey Shane, how's it going? Yeah, absolutely, buddy, whatever you need from me. Let's go, you know. Don't hurt me. Holy shit, I'm a big guy. He's a big guy, you know. Um <laughs> But speaking of the Mises caucus, so you've you've, uh, recently become a a libertarian, full-fledged, man.
1: Yeah, capital L. Uh, For a a while, I was, um, I guess, registered independent, and then I was living in in New York, um, and I figured, ah, you know, I'll... I'll," uh, It was almost a goof where I was like, ah, you know what, I'll register as a Democrat. And (laughs) I I put it out there. I'm like, I'm about to piss off all my Republican friends. Um, And all my Republican friends were, you know, cool, you know, cool with it. They didn't really, uh, give a shit. But when I, when I moved to, to Jersey, my wife and I had to change our, our licenses and, uh, which right off the bat means I'm a bad libertarian and that I, you know, so, you know, How I bowed dare down. You? How I'm, dare you? I'm a boot, I'm a bootlicker with a license. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, you know, I want to be, I want to be able to drive in this state. Uh, and it was funny cause like, uh, the poll process took, maybe like five hours, you know, five hours and just bureaucracy. Right. And it's almost like, well, if I wasn't a libertarian before, you know, the NJ MVC definitely made me a libertarian. So, uh, so I registered, uh, registered there. And as far as the Mises caucus goes, um, you know, I, uh, we were, we were talking a little earlier, uh, you know, as the Mises Caucus, get, you know, started getting more vocal and had uh, at a you know much larger presence, I I started looking around. I was like, oh wow, I'm like I'm either you know friends with these people, or you know, or, or I have I'm connected with them in some way. Like uh, uh, I was talking about Angela McCardle uh, back in when I was living in Los Angeles, Angela would come to live shows uh, that that I did. And she was always great and very supportive. And it was like, Oh wow. It it happens. It happens to like a lot of the people who I enjoy listening to and I enjoy, uh, speaking with and who I think are doing, uh, whose messaging I, I think is doing, is doing great. I'm like, ah, they're okay. I think these are my people. So I, uh, I, um, Uh, not not necessarily bit the bullet, but I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'll be, I'll be a part of it. And let's, uh, let's see what I can do. If there's anything I can, you know, I can do. Although sometimes I think people run the risk, um, especially when like, uh, I I have friends of mine who have uh, volunteered for like other political stuff. Like I knew a guy who like phone banked for Hillary, Hillary Clinton back in the day. Right. And I almost wanted to say to him like, yeah, dude, I don't know. Like, you're not that likable of a guy. You know, you might actually be fucking up your cause. So, my apologies to the Liberty Movement, my apologies to the LP, the Mises Caucus, if I hurt you guys. Just let me know and I'll get the fuck out. No, nah, <laughs> man. We're, ha- we're happy to I have you. I won't bother you
0: guys anymore. Happy to have you. The more comedians, the better, you know? Then, then every time one of you guys says something stupid, we can just be like, hey, he's a he's a comedian, dude. It's he's saying a joke. It's a, he's a joke. Comedian. It's it. It's it's it. It. Uh no, I I've been I've been saying I said it to my friend Adam Nutter when he was on here. I was like, We need a libertarian comedy tour with you, Dave Smith, and Adam Nutter, man. That would be awesome. Awesome
1: that would be fantastic. Yeah, we'll
0: we'll set it up. We'll set it up, man. Adam Nutter, I know you're listening. Uh, Nutter, Nutter's in Pennsylvania. Dave's in New York. You're in Jersey. It's perfect. Everyone's right there. You know, there what mean? but yeah. uh, but and I'm I, not coming think, to New York. I think Dave.
1: <laughs> I think Dave has a has a baby on the way. I have another baby on the way. So you know, do you like that? Yeah, but we gotta get a we gotta get some like libertarian dad jokes going. I yes. think uh, you know that might be uh, <laughs> that might be the next step. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: I mean, yeah, I think Dave's about to have his second. I guess they're having a boy, so he'll have a girl and a boy. Uh, you guys are all trying to catch
1: up to me, though. So, <laughs> yeah, dude, you're on. You're, you're on another level, man. Uh... The Brady Bunch has nothing on you, brother.
0: Yeah, it was it was funny we were watching and and my fiancé's constantly like, "Oh, I want to have another one. I want to have another one." I'm like, "Holy shit, fuck. I don't I don't know." I'm like, you know, I'm I mean, basically in a situation where it's like I'm going to sneak out one night at midnight to like a 24-hour fucking Snip-Snip place and be like, "Hey, can you guys quietly take <laughs> my nuts, please? Cuz I don't need any more." Uh but uh we watched a couple a couple weeks ago my my uh my fiance's daughter's like hey I really want to watch this movie called yours mine and ours and I'm like okay so I put it on and they had like 17 kids or something between the two of them and and my fiance's like this is what I want and I'm like
1: fuck no <laughs> wow could you wow, imagine man. yeah I, I yeah I think i I think some people are really just it, it's sort of in their blood to have a lot of kids like to to be able to be able to handle that um uh my my wife and i we love our son we have another another boy on the way um but i mean it's it when you talk about lack of sleep and all that it's real like we didn't realize like until it it hit us you know like i'm i'm going to be up hopefully i get to sleep tonight and then i'll be up at probably like 5:15 in the morning um you know because the little guys up and adam he needs to wrestle and 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 all that um well what was well, what's it like father's day with with all those well, those kids, is it a competition on who can give you the worst gift?
0: No, it was it, you know I didn't I didn't really want to force Father's Day on some of them you know because like my daughter and I it's our first time actually spending a Father's Day together in her teen years oh. um, so I didn't want to force it on her too much and then uh, you know the two the two that we've adopted were really sweet I put out a I put out a post on Twitter about. Um, my my heart son, he wrote a really beautiful letter. So when we picked him up, he was supposed to be in the fourth grade, but he hadn't been to school except for one day of first grade. Um, and so he didn't know how to write wow. at all. Um, he, he could read very well. I guess he had been reading a lot of books on his own, so he could read and spell, uh, but he didn't know how to write at all. And so he wrote me this handwritten letter. We've had him for eight months, and he's right. He wrote me a handwritten letter, and it was you know, I have a big softy. I was crying like a like oh, a sh- little girl, you know. And he said, uh, "You're the best father figure I've ever had. I love you, Dad. Even when we're even when we're fighting, I love you." And then he said, "I love you even when you don't give me sugar." And it was just like, "Oh, <sighs> okay, buddy, thanks. You know, I appreciate it. <laughs> I'm gonna go to the bathroom now." And uh, but but yeah, you know. And then and then my boy is uh, he's so little he doesn't know what Father's Day is, but he's huge. He's he's probably the biggest kid in the house. He's six months old wearing eighteen month clothes. He's humongous. Uh, wow. Yeah, we have you know we haven't even started feeding him real food. He's still still drinking the boob, you know. So uh,
1: still still drinking that boob. Still wow.
0: drinking the booby milk, man.
1: Yeah the the down the downside like you know breastfeeding is amazing. The breasts are incredible, you know. Well what you know what happens to you know a mother's um, breasts? But unfortunately, dad's not allowed to touch them because they hurt. And yeah. it's just it's like it's like um, I'm trying to think of a better analogy. It's like going to grandma's house. You're not allowed to touch anything. You know. It's, it's unfortunately just except 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 it's just it's just amazing titties all over the place. Yeah, exactly. You're um, like
0: you're like, but they're so they're like the biggest ever, and I can't touch them. This is terrible.
1: Yeah. No, we've been we've been pretty good.
0: He's he uh, he eats enough that she's not super swollen all the time. So he's this kid. I mean, this kid. Uh, the first time. The first time she pumped and left, the, left me with a bottle To go to work when she was still working uh, He had eaten all three of the bottles That she left me within about two hours And I'm going, hey, you're going to have to come home <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's wow a wild kid i mean it was like
0: i think each bottle had like four ounces in it or something but i mean within an hour it was it was you know i'm just four... i'm imagine drinking 40s of uh it's crazy <laughs> we started we started uh, yesterday actually first time he's had anything other than booby milk to eat we gave him a, we went out to brunch at a really cool place here called the machine shed and uh i fed him a couple little pieces of steak just little tiny shreds of steak and he was in heaven and then we got him home oh, and man. he had the biggest blowout he's had since he's been born all over my fiance, all over her dress. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, man, she's like, no more steak for now. You know, but uh, he he was he was a pooping man. He was a pooping. So, oh, my God. And just off probably two or three little shreds of steak. I
1: mean, it was like his stomach was like, what? Yeah, my, my son now, he uh, he doesn't he won't lie back when we're, when we're changing, I'm like, he'll immediately just start flailing and, and, uh, sort of, um, flip over to his front and try to like get away and all that. He's just not enjoying it. So now we're trying to change him standing up, uh, which, you know, when it comes to a number two is just so dangerous, you know, fortunately we're doing a lot of renovations. So a lot of these, you know, floors are going to be, you know, torn up anyway um so you know we don't have to treat them the uh you know the nicest uh but yeah man it's uh it could be tough it could be tough yeah so i
0: I i've had this thing in my head that i was going to talk about this whole time i was like this is gonna be really funny and then i forgot uh it it is it is astounding that you have been labeled as a far right uh politico i i was just i was just watching some of your we the internet stuff the other day and you had this one about (laughs) the open carry one was the one of the funniest things i've ever seen in my life But well, you're basically making fun of these dicks who r- walk around open carrying ak-47s and ars to like a nightclub and shit it was hilarious and i'm like how could you watch that and then be like oh yeah this guy's a far
1: right you know this this guy's basically david duke you know <laughs> well well well, that's the thing too where we where you know if someone says far right you know all these uh different images pop into your head you know like like David Duke or a racist or a terrorist or you know like that that's stuff that pops into your head um so that's you know that's the danger of it of you know you know throwing around uh throwing around these labels the 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 video you talk about is um yeah uh your gun makes you look like a dick yeah that's what uh that's what it is. and and that was one of the one of the first videos that I produced for uh for we the internet um yeah, the joke of it being it's this dude Sam Patriot who's gonna, he's gonna he's an open carry enthusiast and he's gonna take you throughout his day, man, just show you what's up. Um, so it's him, you know, basically trying to open carry, um, and instead of people, you know, being scared or anything like that, they're like, yeah, man, I know it's your Second Amendment right, but you look like a dick. And he just gets off. you know, he wants to try to get in the cl- into the club, you know, with a, you know, he's trying to talk to the bouncer about how important, you know, you need more, you know. Guys who respect the two way on that dance floor because he's about to tear it up, you know, and all that. And then, and nobody's, uh, nobody's having it. And then that one's, that one was a lot of fun because um, I, I often find that when people try to make fun of, you know, kind of our side, our, you know, the libertarians or, you know, libertarian anarchists and that sort of thing, it, it's always like, ah, man, I wish you would have let me write that joke because yeah. I know our people, you know, and, and, uh, so it's cool, like, you know, having, you know, people who are, you know, gun enthusiasts, big, you know, two way people be like, Oh yeah, man. I hate, I hate the tactic. Cool guys. Like, Oh, they got to stop with that shit. Like, you know, there's a, there, there's a time and a place. Um, but you know, yeah, I think it's possible you can support open carry and still make fun of the people who do it. You know, exactly. I, I, that's,
0: <laughs> well, I think the best, um, you know, the best right. part about it was the, uh, the cop who took the picture of him. <laughs> that was, that was yeah. the part that had me rolling. Cause he, he's like, it's my two way ride. He's like, yeah yeah, I get it. But you still look like a dick and took off running, and I was like, "Oh, that's hilarious." Right, right. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I totally get it. It's just, it's just funny. I watched some. I've watched a lot of your. I've, I guess I've watched quite a bit of your, your stuff now, and it, you never struck me as a far right kind of guy, man. You know what I mean? Thank you. Thank you. It's yeah. definitely not a look
1: I'm going for. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: maybe, maybe. I don't know if the barbers are shut there now and stuff, but you, you did grow your hair out and stuff a lot over the last uh, couple years, maybe. Right? Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I I just got a cut not too long ago, man. I had I had it going down to my um uh, to my shoulders. I had some shoulder length uh, hair going. I I could get a little uh, a little uh, ponytail, not a not a Steven Seagal ponytail, but I, I, a legit ponytail. I had going on for for a little while. So
0: nice, nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I imagine uh, barbers were few and far between in New York for a
1: while. I'd imagine. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Well, and and there was this weird rule, too, where when they opened up, you had to be masked. Right. So you'd have to have a mask on when they're cutting your hair. But, you know, so much of how your hair looks is dependent upon what this part of your fucking face looks like. You know, so I, I, I have a great, great hairstylist. That uh, hairstylist, yes. A far right guy does not have yeah, a hairstylist. right. You're right. Um, He's like, I was getting my pedicure uh, sh-
0: at the David Duke Salon of, of Beauty the other day. And-
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> David Duke has little burning crosses on his toenails uh, when he gets it uh, gets them done. Um, but yeah, yeah and I, I got a you know I got a haircut, and you know normally it was normally it's great, but that time it wasn't because I got that mask on, man. But this time I'm happy with it. I'm, yeah, I'm happy.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's definitely it's definitely a rugged look for you, man. Def more rugged than the first time. I <laughs> first time and second, I met you one other time too at the Y'all Convention in uh, in California in San Jose. Oh yeah, in L A. Yeah, yeah. oh, oh,
1: oh, was it San Jose? It was, yeah, it was okay, San yeah, Jose. Yeah. yeah, it was like it
0: was like almost Central California, San Jose. But uh, I I I I saw you there. We talked f- for a while, but I didn't see you speak. We were speaking there, weren't you?
1: I think I performed um i think i performed i think dave rubin went on after me um so yeah i think i did like uh, uh a screening and you know some stand-up and and uh and that sort of thing and sure. it's something i'm you know i'm I'm looking forward to you know getting back to doing stuff like that too so nice you got it
0: so you got any you got any plans coming up for for stand-up or anything like that
1: yeah i'm, I'm gonna be uh i'm gonna be at freedom fest this year oh, nice. in um in South Dakota, so that's going to be fun, and that's going to be our first real uh, family trip. Um, so my wife and um, and our uh, my pregnant wife, and I only have one wife, but she happens to be pregnant. Uh, so my pregnant wife and my and my little boy, we're going to be going to South Dakota and hanging out with uh, you know liberty freaks there. So I think one, I, I think I'm on a panel with Dave with Dave Smith, and then um, we're also going to be doing stand up one night as well. Holy shit! Uh, Is so Freedom Fest in uh, South Dakota this year? South Dakota, man. Yeah, it's gonna be my first time huh. there. So I've never. Well, been
0: that's there. only four hours yeah. away. I might have to. T- <laughs>
1: I might have to take the trip, man.
0: You know. I didn't nice, realize. I, I thought. I thought it was in Vegas. I thought. I. I don't know. I had never been to Freedom Fest. I thought they always did it in Vegas. So.
1: Well, the, I think. I think last year. It was supposed to be. It, it was supposed to be in Vegas, and I think they canceled it last minute. I don't. I don't. I don't know if it was. I don't think it was freedom. The freedom Fest people who canceled. I think it was the state of Vegas, right. like uh, the state of Nevada. Excuse me. This not the state of Vegas. <laughs> the state of Vegas. Uh, it's pretty true. Yeah, a, a Vegas state of mind. Uh, so I think they canceled it, and you know, um, I, I don't know the the inside scoop, but I, you know, you think about just how many people you know, go to that every year and all the flights and all the hotel rooms and all that. And to cancel it last minute, that's, uh, that's really, uh, that's really shitty, but I'm looking forward to, I've never been to, uh, Mount Rushmore. So that's on the, uh, the to-do list. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. A bunch, sure. bunch of dicks carved into the mountain up there, man. That's really, you know what I mean? I'm just, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs>
0: Yeah, I might have to. I might have to take that trip. That's that's not far. I thought I, I for some reason I had it in my head that it was in Vegas. I remember it was supposed to be in Vegas and they canceled it, because um, I was gonna go because I was living in California mm. when they were setting up for that, and I was like, well, I'll just you know, it's a like San Francisco to, to Vegas is like a ninety dollar flight around trip or something. It's super cheap because they right, want right. they want everyone from the Bay Area to go to Vegas because you know you spend a bunch of money there and then you come home and it's a quick trip. So uh but I could probably I could make make it to South Dakota, man. That's exciting. Shit. That's that's cool. Nice. Uh, maybe I'll see you and there Have you
1: yeah, have you been to like every state? Like have you been all over the country? I think there's or like, like you, four
0: f- I think there's four states I haven't been to now. Um mm-hmm. I wanna say, let's see, Maine. I think I think South Dakota is one. Maine is one um. Uh, yeah I know there's uh I know there's like four uh uh yeah. South Carolina. I haven't been to South Carolina, but I've been to North Carolina. Uh yeah, it's uh, very very few far between. It wasn't always like that, but then I went to 40 states over uh, uh you know, 4 years and it was like, wow, I've yeah. been to almost every damn state now and uh, I think the other ones are so, a couple a couple up in the north uh in New England somewhere, but I've been to like Connecticut, Rhode Island, um maybe parts of Mass, but never like Boston proper. So, yeah, uh, well,
1: I, I, bring, I bring it, I bring it up just because, you know, there are so many people who, you know, live, you know, in the States who will never visit every state, you know, and see what, and see what's out there. And, um, I think one of the, one of the really good things to come out of, you know, the pandemic and the shutdowns and all that, and is, you know, you don't have to be in LA and New York to make a living. You know, there are a lot of people who are able to now work from, you know, where, you know, wherever, you know, they're able to get the job done remotely. Um, and I'm hoping that that opens up a lot more of, um, you know, just the, uh, I, hope, I hope people become a lot more open about visiting other parts of the country. Cause I, I dig it. I, I, I really, I, I really like it. I've never been one of these um, you know, sort of these uh, coastal snobs sure. or maybe I have, maybe I have been a coastal snob. I don't know. Um, the coastal elite your coastal elite. yeah the coastal elite yeah, yeah, yeah. well maybe because of yeah because because i'm not elite maybe that's why like oh fuck these people man i'm not elite fuck you i don't need <laughs> you i'm going to South dakota yeah. um, no it's
0: funny it's funny i'm you know i'm a california boy born and raised bay area but i i uh i live in iowa now and actually you probably would blow your mind to know this but i make more money in iowa than i did in california wow. and it's a third of the living uh, cost of living i mean if that it's mm-hmm insane you know we have this big giant four bedroom home with a huge backyard and it's 1700 bucks a month but then you go to california the same home but it's a two million dollar home easily
1: yeah 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 so
0: yeah got really lucky man and and i'm happy here even if i got to deal with these shitty weather uh winters but you're you're (laughs) you're kind of used to those cold winters i'd imagine up there in new york so
1: yeah yeah this is um um i heard up here um yeah, we heard we get hit hard, like harder than than in uh, where, where we were in New York. But you know, we'll see. We'll see what's happened. We like uh, the fr- was it? We were here. I think the first week or the second week. It was about three thirty in the morning, three thirty a.m. And we just heard like the the loudest, scariest sound imaginable. It sounded like a fucking rocket ship was like being launched from in, from under us. You know, and you know, I got to go look into that because this is my house. I got to go, got to go look into it. And we come downstairs and it 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 turns out like there was like a backup with the septic tank and there's flooding all over. And, and, you know, I, I, I start counting the dumps that I took during the day to, you know, be like, Oh no, this is gonna be some really bad water. <laughs> and it was, you know, it was a terrible situation, but me and my wife were like, it's better than living where we were this is great and we actually like it was like we got through it without me getting all stray i have a tendency to get stressed out and sure, yeah. Oh, well, yeah 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 <laughs> uh, um yeah like a a little bit of a neurotic comedian you know who would who would know that but it's it's a thing where it's like you know what the trade off we'll deal with that and we'll get through it because we're in a place that we that we want to be and you know it's worth it because there's a uh, you know, this is our this is our home. This is our this is our future. Sure. Um. And and I think, you know, I'm I'm happy. I'm I'm so happy to hear that. You know, you you and your family are doing so well. You know, out there in Iowa. I want to I want to hit up Iowa at uh, at some point. It'd be dude, great, there's uh, several comedy clubs in Des, Mo- in Des Moines. Des
0: Moines is a lot cooler than people think it is. I promise. Absolutely. So, you know, if 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 you could get together with Dave and and Adam Nutter, I I told them I'd I'd be happy to help you guys book a show here in the
1: middle of the fucking country, dude. So. <laughs> I I I would love that. That would be uh that would be fantastic for sure.
0: Sounds good, man. Hey, hey, Lou, I really appreciate you coming on. Can you tell these people, these great people that are watching where they can find you, how they can follow you, how they can support you, sir?
1: Yes. Uh well, uh Joshua, thank you so much for for having me on. Uh you guys can sign up for my newsletter at thelouperez.com. And uh, if you're looking to support me, um, I am at theluperez.locals.com. For those of you who aren't familiar with Locals, um, it's sort of like a Facebook-Patreon hybrid where you can join uh, my Locals community. Um, You can uh, get exclusive content. You'll see stuff uh, that I put out earlier than than everybody else in the rest of the world. Uh, And you get to uh, support me as well. And you don't have to worry about, you know... uh, having to deal with the fate that Josh had to deal with over at Facebook and getting kicked off Facebook and, and there are no, you know, no Twitter suspensions on locals. So, um, I hope you guys can come uh, check that out and please check out my, my, uh, sketch comedy as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. The YouTube is great, man. I'm, I'm a big fan of yours, Lou. I can't wait to see what you do in the future. And I'm super stoked for your move to New Jersey. I hope it is the everything that you guys wanted, man.
1: Thank you, brother. Appreciate yeah, absolutely.
0: Brother. Thank you. We will talk to you soon. All right, guys, another awesome episode of Break the Cycle. Lou is just the coolest fucking guy. A lot of people, you know, I I talk to a lot of comedians, and and a lot of those guys are real funny on stage, and they're not funny in real life. Every time I've met Lou, he's hilarious. He's awesome. He's down to earth. He's a great guy. Please go follow him. Please go check out his show. He's got a great show. His sketch comedy is hilarious. If you haven't watched The Woke Godzilla yet, you definitely need to check it out. Shit had me rolling today. That's good stuff. Uh, make sure to check out my sponsors at laurenzotti.coffee for all your delicious Italian coffee needs delivered directly to your door. Bring the taste of Italy home. Use BTC at checkout for a 10% discount. And TopLobster.com, the man, the myth, the legend, where you can get this awesome Disobey Your Local Tyrant, Andrew Cuomo, Mr. Cena Aside Himself shirt. Use BTC at checkout for a 10% discount. And AnthemPlanning.com, uh, executive producers of the show, all of your emergency and crisis planning needs. Check these people out. Wonderful people. Uh, they're Mises Caucus. Delaware-based. Awesome. Great stuff. Uh, tomorrow, I'm going to have Dr. Carlin Borsenko on. Uh, we were going to talk about the drama in New Hampshire um, because she happens to be a part of the New Hampshire Libertarian Party. So I was very excited to talk with her about that and also to talk about critical race theory. I guess we may see things a little differently, so it's going to be an interesting conversation on critical race theory. I'm very excited. Uh I was going to have Maj Touré on the show on Friday. Unfortunately, my friend Maj had to cancel, uh, and he will be coming on the following week. So I have replaced him with Will Fight, the best fight. Uh, He'll be on the show on Friday. And then next week, we're going to have Jose, Jose Gaison, uh jeremy coffin Kaufman, Kaufman who started all this hubaloo uh in the in the libertarian party by qu- tweeting out things that people didn't like from the new hampshire libertarian party uh account and then next friday my good friend and one of my favorite people in the movement buck johnson will be on uh from from uh counterpoint what is it oh god i can't remember his damn he's got a new he's got a new one now so uh it used to be death to tyrants podcast Uh, I'm excited for the weeks ahead I hope you guys will check out my Patreon as well Patreon.com backslash BreakTheCycleJS Awesome tiers there You can get uh, Top Lobster gear two weeks early Before the Gen Pop does Had it like a 30% discount Super, super deep Uh, Discord server chat There's about 65 people in there now Awesome, awesome people. Uh, If you hate Patreon as much as most libertarians do, you can also do the same thing on subscribestar.com backslash breakthecyclejs. And you can join my page right here on YouTube by hitting that join link. Uh, You will get your own special badges, uh, depending on how long you become members for, that are hand-drawn by Mr. Top Lobster himself. And coming soon will be awesome, awesome Uh, emojis that you can use in this chat and I know you guys will enjoy that Uh, so I will see you guys tomorrow for the show with Dr. Carlin uh, Borisenko, until then don't forget to break the cycle
1: To explain the lyrics of my last song may seem to contain a violent, all the action in the verse and refrain, but I just meant it. Minecraft, the helicopter part was in reference to GTA 5 and the things you do. So when he finds you commit, I am not an excuse because I just landed it. Minecraft, where Timber is my friend and he's constantly cold. Accusations of incitement getting totally old. Make your own choices, yeah, you have control Because I just made it in Minecraft Obviously, I would never advocate force Unless it's due process and a trial, of course And if you're convicted, we will make you a corpse In Minecraft, just in Minecraft You yeah, nothing, I mean, you know it Don't try to get close to COVID Holy shit, I think i will a poet